So what does it mean to go inside and to get to know yourself, to come home, to create a really deep and important relationship with your, your highest self? Yeah, so that's all that we talked about in this episode. And I just love this conversation because it really does bring that bigger picture and awareness into what it is that we truly need as humans. And is that's to reconnect with our soul, with our essence. And it kind of just helps everything else dissolve that we get attached to and that we allow into our life that doesn't really serve our higher purpose or why we're even here. Yeah, and, and I, I love the, how the conversation got into just normalizing the emotional mm-hmm. turmoil that comes up for people. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah, just you know those shadow elements that we've spoken about before, how we do experience loss and grief and depression and anxiety and all these polarities. And we have the other polarities of joy and happiness and abundance and, and it's all of it's okay. So it's really about being able to speak to these and not get stuck in them all the time. But um, yeah, I love the conversation. I love that it went there and also into like the masculine and feminine energies and just what we're seeing in the world right now and how we can shift our perspectives. So you guys listen to this one, maybe take notes if you need to, maybe pull out a yoga mat and listen to it with the headphones in, whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lovely. And uh, yeah, let us know what you think. So like, you know, these are really important conversations to us. Uh, we feel they're important conversations to the people we work with because it's giving space to really go inside. So love to hear what you think. Please, um, please share away uh, on the comment section below and write your reviews. Yep. And subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And we'll, we'll keep uh, pumping out more content like this and many, many more to come. Welcome to the Health Ignited Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen. We are partners, parents, business partners, doctors, yoga teachers, and retreat leaders. We promise to bring you real conversations to awaken and ignite your potential to live your best life possible. Join us each week as we dive into topics varying from brain health, biohacking, hormones, and longevity, to relationships, parenting, meditation, and more. Together, creating community and building stronger foundations for the generations to come. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Health Ignited. I'm here with my lovely, amazing wife, Dr. Sonia Jensen. How are you today? Good. I'm excited about this conversation. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, it's funny. I'm, I'm going to repeat what I said to Amanda just before we had her on. We saw her photo and Sonia right away says, oh, she looks like she's lots of fun. <laughs> <laughs> you can usually tell by a picture, yeah, right? Yeah. So I'm, that's why I'm so excited. <laughs> exactly. So who we're speaking to today is uh, the lovely Amanda Monnier. Hopefully I pronounced the last name right. Awesome. So Amanda is trans- transitioned into her soul work from a career in law enforcement. Um, I can't wait to ask that question. Um, after feeling the nudge to go all in on herself, she believes in each of us activating our own inner, inner healer and healing through connection to our own divinity. She holds space for healing ancestral patterns, conditioning, imprints, beliefs, and shifts into your fullest embodiment of who you are at the soul level. Uh, We all need a lot of that. Mm -hmm. So Amanda is completely committed, reminding others that everything they ever need was always inside. Amanda, there's so much more to say, and we can't wait to talk to you about all those things. Thanks for being here. Thank you, doctors, Nick and Sonia. I'm so happy to be here. Very excited for this conversation. Yeah, amazing. Well, I, like I said, in our introduction, 
we got to know how did you go from law enforcement into this amazing world of opportunity and beauty and, and looking within uh, because uh, that's that's not a typical uh, you know, transition. <laughs> yeah. First of all, how did I get into law enforcement? I mean, I don't even know how I ended up there, but I did. <laughs> so yeah, I was a probation officer for about six years and it was about two years in that I had this awakening and consciousness and really just started to ask myself, what is like the deeper meaning of life? Because I had been experiencing a lot of health issues, a lot of emotional stuff. It just was a lot of patterning. It felt like a lot of cyclical patterns. So I'm going to give the condensed version, but it stemmed from a very painful breakup that brought all this density to the surface. It was like, some people might call it a dark night of the soul, whatever, whatever you want to call it. But all this density came up to this the surface. And I just really started this kind of journey to what I later turned was just a journey back to myself, but this journey searching for different health stuff. I was vegan for two years. Like I tried every like holistic thing because my skin was just riddled with acne pretty much my entire life up until about a year ago. And so it was, that was a, a big motivator for me along with these very painful patterns. So I think it, it was, it was mainly like this search. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this stuff actually works. And so I became very passionate about it. And I realized a couple years ago that I wasn't going to be in law enforcement for the rest of my life. And so I was like, okay, how can I bring what I've learned and help others who are, have maybe been struggling as well. Like one of the things I really struggled with was this fear of judgment and just had very low self-worth. And so really what it was is I was just so disconnected from myself and my body was just reflecting that to me. And so it just became where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to take the leap. I quit my job. I sold my home, like all the things I just really was guided to let a lot of these things go because what I learned is that all these different things that we hold on to are just based on these different identity structures that were like, I don't know who I am without this character that I'm playing, or I don't know who I am without this home or all these external accolades. And it's all simply not true. So just became very powerful um, process. And it just became something I was, I'm very passionate about really empowering others to remember this because we all have a unique soul medicine, wisdom, whatever you want to call it. And again, it just, we just become disconnected from it. So it's just really about remembering it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not an easy path for many people. I think many long for that connection, but can't always put words to what that missing desire is because we are told so many stories and we're given so many identities from the day we are born. And then we keep playing that role until something either drastic happens or there's like an emotional upheaval, like you were speaking to with a breakup. So I would love to hear what your, what that soul searching for you actually looked like. Like how were you able to kind of unravel that and go from, you know, this environment that, of course, you probably stepped into because you wanted to be of service. I know when I was little, like I wanted to be a police officer because I wanted to help people. But now when I think about it, there's no way I would have survived that kind of environment. And I just couldn't do the things that I'm doing today in service to like, women in the world the way I, my, my soul really wants me to. So how were you able to kind of unravel those old identities and then create this other life by listening to that soul, like those whispers that come? 
Yeah. Yeah. And there were so many different things along my journey because I mean, it's just an ongoing process, for example. And I'm very open about this stuff. Like this weekend I had this pattern came up and I was in tears pretty much the entire weekend to where I was like, oh my gosh, because it was just rooted in a lot of this stuff in childhood. So it's been a combination of different things, but the energy work has been so powerful for me because even just energy work can even just being be being present because oftentimes when these patterns come up, it's like the ego and the unconscious doesn't want to deal with it because it's the way we've kept safe. So at some point or another, the pattern or whatever we're experiencing probably did serve at one point in time. For me, my patterns did serve because it was the way that I kept myself safe. So my, I had a lot of abandonment wounds and things as a kid. And so I kept seeing these show up in these painful patterns with men and really, if we get like foundational with the energy work, again, this presence of just being here for what is showing up, that's one of like the easiest things that I can give people as far as if they're not working with somebody is, is allowing the emotion to come up to the surface because it's actually like I found it's like that, that resistance to going there is sometimes the harder part than actually going there. And just like yesterday, I just literally laid in bed and there were bouts of crying and all sorts of things coming up. And I, I've gotten to the point where I don't even always need to know exactly what it is because this stuff can be so layered. And so how I explain it is, is we have this channel and we're connected to our highest, we're connected to source. And then all these other things, we can call them conditioning, the imprints, the undigested bouts of trauma, emotion that gets stored in the physical body. And then if they haven't been processed and they're still vibrating in the physical body. And so we see it as a manifestation of dis-ease and different things. So I always say too, it's not one size fits all. So different things that work for me might not work for somebody else. So meditation is another huge one that has really helped me. And for people who maybe aren't, uh, haven't started a meditation practice, you can start one. And even if it's just a minute of, of being, bringing that presence and really just focusing on your breathing, because we've also become so disconnected from our breath and from really just being able to sit there and also even in our body. So if there's a lot of like nervous system trauma and trauma in general, and we don't want to be in our body, then that could be a very foundational place to start is working with the nervous system because we can't get into like the deeper stuff if the nervous system's all out of whack. So, and, and the meditation and the breathing really can get us into that parasympathetic state to where we're able to not be in fight or flight mode. So that's another thing that, that comes up. So, but yeah, to kind of circle back and answer your question, uh, really connecting with my own intuition and really learning what that looks like. Cause that's different for everyone as well. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but um, of human design, but that was something that's really helped me because it's kind of a tool. So all these different modalities and things are just tools. And I found for me, they show up when I'm ready to kind of go a little bit deeper. So if you, if you listeners haven't pulled your human design and it's kind of pinging in your body, that might be a 
beautiful place to look because that can tell you a lot about how you respond to the world, like your energetic blueprint, if you will. So really going down to the foundational level of really building that relationship with yourself first and getting in touch with how your body processes energy and the external world, how, how you feel just sitting in, in silence. Because another thing I'll mention is in society, we have these templates and conditionings around productivity and consumerism and the do, do, do. But when we don't take the moments to pause, it's like, we're just constantly doing and we're not checking in with ourselves at that deeper level. And we take the soul out of the equation. And then that's when we become more disconnected from ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. I love what you're sharing. It's so important for people to appreciate where they get stuck and to, you know, sometimes uh, I like what you said there too, just with regards to not really needing to know why we're feeling a certain way. I think in the world that we live in, it's so common to label and to identify and to speak into, you know, the pain and really discover why. And why probably is a really important journey at some point, especially if there's a theme that continues to show up or repeat itself over time. Um, but um, I'm curious, I would love to hear you go into why you don't feel like labeling what you're feeling is, is necessary. So, I mean, we can, I feel there are some things that I have, like my soul has wanted me to have that conscious awareness around. So I won't, don't want to say yes or no one way or the other. I think it's all depending on where we are in our journey and what we're processing. Cause there's some things where I've had those aha moments where I'm like, oh my gosh. And sometimes even that conscious awareness will actually release that energy from our body because our consciousness and our power of choice like is just exponentially powerful. So when we, when we do choose and agree to things like that is the truth. I'm sure you guys have seen it with the kind of work you do, or even maybe people coming to you. I know someone who was diagnosed with Parkinson's prior to going into the diagnosis, zero symptoms. And then the doctor said, you have Parkinson's that a literally a week later, shaking hands, like all the telltale symptoms of Parkinson's because he agreed to the diagnosis. And so not to say there wasn't other stuff going on, but as humans, we love to label things. And if everything foundationally is just energy and we have low vibrational energy and we have those higher, more expansive states, then it simplifies it a little bit. So what I'll say, like the low, for example, like low vibrational energies, like the guilt, the fear, the shame, the unworthy, and then the more expansive ones like love, joy, we can all kind of feel into the fact that those feel a little better. And so when we have these dense energies that are in our body, again, they can cause those diseases in the different, we can call them the chakra systems or the organs, all kinds of different things can happen. And then we see the physical manifestation. So Again, with the labeling, I feel like sometimes if we label something, then it's like people are agreeing to it and it continues to get reinforced. And then they associate with, I am this disease. I am this label rather than if we're just feeling the things that are coming up and allowing them to move out of us and being present for what is, we're not attaching to them. So there's not that attachment piece that continues to reinforce what we're being maybe told and just accepting from what someone else is saying. And so it just really gives the power back to the individual, I feel. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 I think it goes back to just how the brain functions too. It's easier for the brain um, to compartmentalize and to identify and to label, to kind of feel safe and secure because trauma in itself is so disorganized 
And when there's that feeling of disorganization, which comes up when there's emotion and we're trying to like sink into that emotion to move through it, it creates chaos. So it's easier for people to kind of latch onto an identity or a diagnosis because now there's an, uh, an understanding. And so that gives that sense of control. And then from there, we try to really find evidence in our environment to feed that identity or that label or whatever it is that's been put on us. So I love that you're bringing up the fact that we just have to kind of unravel all of that to really be able to create this new relationship with the soul. So I would love for you to define for our listeners, because, you know, everyone has a different relationship to the soul. Like what to you, what is the soul? I feel like the soul in conjunction with the higher self is that all the isness of us, like we can't put it into a box or into a container to me, the higher self and the soul, it contains all the wisdom and information. If you believe in past incarnations, ancestral stuff, all the things, all the encodings, all the innate wisdom, all the wisdom of your gifts, all the wisdom of what you're here to experience. Because I don't know about you guys, but as I continue to like wake up or expand my consciousness, I feel the less I know. And so what I'm saying might even be triggering to some people because I feel like as we're shifting, it's like we're being called to let go of more and more. And, and for me, that's what I'm experiencing is is all the things I thought were the truth. And I'm being guided to just literally let it all go so that, because I feel we're co-creating with the universe and that we're a unique expression of God. It's not separate. We've all these infiltration templates of separateness and all the things that have caused all this chaos and pain on the planet. And it's within and without, because I feel like we're seeing it on the main stage right now. It's like, people might be like, oh, the world's going to you know, to hell it's a circus right now. But what's happening, I feel, is just reflection of where we're not in alignment because we've evolved past that and we're ready for something much deeper. And we're ready for we're ready for like health and vitality. We're ready to express our souls on a deeper level. And like the, you know, the eight to five cubicle stuff and the, you know, the GMO nasty foods, like just aren't resonating with people anymore. And so I think as a collective, what we're seeing is the dismantling of all of this on a collective level. And then we're going through it within as well. And the more we hold on to these things, the more life's trying to like shake us out of it. And so I kind of went a little sideways from the question, but I just feel like the the soul is really just the most expansive, infinite. It doesn't know any bounds. It doesn't know the conditioning. And so we can drop into that place and that wisdom that is within us that we can't, we can't forget it. It just really gets, can get mucked up with the density. We think we forget it, but we really can't. And that's again, why our soul, the universe attempts to get our attention in all different ways might be through a painful breakup. It might be through a diagnosis or whatever we want to call it, but it's always, I do feel that the universe is always working in our favor to show us these deeper understandings. So we can step more into who we truly are as a soul. And I feel that if we were doing this as a collective or even half the population, if we were waking up and being like, I am so excited for what I get to do today the ripple effects that are sent out to the planet. It's just, I feel like it would be game changing. And I do feel that is what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. So we, we knew that she's gonna be lots of fun because <laughs> the, way, the way she's expressing everything and hopefully people listening to you are really, you know, tapping in the vitality mm-hmm. that you share. It's really important to, to, 
you know, be able to reframe something that's going on in our world, because I think a lot of people get so stuck in their story and their trauma and, and they're, they're not really even differentiating um, life from this experience of, of the soul within. And, and, and when I think when there's a detachment there, a disconnect, it's so hard to really like look at the positivity, right? Cause someone could just say like, well, you're just, you're just being like, Sonia, can I grills me for this is sometimes like, Oh, you're just like, always have to be positive. You always have to look at the bright side of things. Like um, where do we bring in the shadow? Because, you know, so many people are playing this out and maybe not really recognizing they're there, but uh, let's, let's help people sort of like merge this gap uh, between just, Oh, everything's going to be wonderful. So Sonia loves a shadow. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm here for this conversation (laughs) (laughs) because that is so true. I I think we see both where it's like love and light only positive. Like, no, no, I I have been here for the shadow since I started this journey. And And, and even just being a law enforcement officer, I mean, like you, you had like some real physical reality with the shadow too. So yeah. Oh yeah. literally you get to deal with people's shadow all day long because it's just that it's, it's the trauma coming out in all different ways, but absolutely. So I am definitely not here for the bypassing. And, and one thing that I've learned, it's like, I don't need to shame the shame or judge the judgment because I'll give an example of my own processes. It was part of what I've been moving through and kind of what I went through this weekend even was like, there are moments where I'm just like, gosh, like this is sucks. Like it really sucks to where, I'm, I'm even just observing and then I'll like, see this higher part of me. That's like, okay, like we can be here for the fact that this sucks right now. And we, we don't have to be like, Oh, love and light. This is so, so great. Like I I know when I'm, when I've released whatever the heck I'm releasing right now, it's going to feel like a weight was lifted off me, but we don't have to pretend like when we're going through those dense emotions that it's sunshine and rainbows because it isn't. And I have been there. There was a time, this is probably several months ago because in this last year and it's been in the pause and I'm really selling the pause right now. Right. I'm like, everyone pause. It's going to feel so great. (laughs) But this was, I I think, I think part of it, I'll actually, I'll, I'll say this because I think part of the reason why this has been coming up in the last year is because when I did leave my career in law enforcement, and started my business, it did open up space to where I was now more in control of my schedule. And so it's like, I didn't have to show up to an eight to five and I wasn't distracted anymore. And I said yes to this work. And so it was like, okay, like all this stuff just started unraveling at a, at a very deep level. So as far as the shadow, yeah, it's, it's so, I feel like, I don't know if important is, is the word I want to use, but it, it's a, th- it's true truth, right? Especially for where we're at right now. Like people ask me all the time, do you think we're going to be doing this deep, dark healing work forever? My answer is no. And I think maybe some people would, I've heard yes, but I, for me, it's a choice. No, because there's only so, so deep I can go as far as the trauma that I've experienced and, you know, the density. But I feel that when we meet these parts of us, because it's the parts of us that have, you know, the the, pa- the painful like inner child stuff, like for example, and that the stuff that we've experienced as a child that wasn't able to be digested, it's like still sitting there in the energy field or in the body. And so we're what we're doing is we're meeting these parts of us that we haven't had been able to process the heaviness, the um, the density, the emotion, whatever we want to call it. And so it's still vibrating in our energy field. It's still there, just wanting an acknowledgement so we can choose something else. Because if we've had, 
you know, these identity structures and these experiences, let's say an, let's take an event, for example, like a very painful event that someone has had, maybe it was, um, again, let's go, let's go with a painful breakup. So we don't (laughs) trigger anything too crazy. Um, and let's say that the person just said, I'm unworthy, like zero of the emotion was processed. It's like they're frozen in time. And so that, is something that would still, it's still there. It's in the field and it's, it's ready. It wants to be processed, right? Like it just wants the emotions want to be seen, felt, heard, acknowledged. And we've as a society been taught to disconnect from that part of ourselves. Like if someone is physically sick, it's like, Oh, take two weeks off work. See you later. Feel better. Like watch TV. But if it's an emotional thing, it's like, suck it up. So I'm here for normalizing the processing of these painful things, because these are the things that turn into the physical things. <laughs> so when we have these shadow aspects that are, again, it's just the density that just, again, they want to come to the surface and they want to be met just so we can digest and move through and actually choose our highest. Because it's like, if you think about putting on like weighted vest. It's like, we can only put on so many weighted vests until it just becomes too much for people. And so I feel that sometimes then it could be a spontaneous spiritual awakening, or again, the physical ailments, like the parts cry out in some way, shape or form, because they want that release. Like we want that. We don't want to be bogged down by these heavy emotional things. We don't want to resent our parents. We, we can really free ourselves because we, we can't control what anybody else is doing on the outside, but we can resolve it from a place on the inside. And I'll give another example of the inner child work. So if I'm working with someone on inner child healing, we will actually, I call it like reparenting the inner child, but we'll actually go meet that child. If something comes up and we'll hold space for that child, like that child needed, and maybe the, the caregivers were kind of in their unconscious and it was so chaotic. And so no one was maybe able to explain to the child what was going on. And so the child created a story to stay safe. But what we can actually do is go back in time, because I don't believe time is linear, as our human constructs have told us, we can go back and we can do what I call as a change history and release that density from that now moment. And then we can choose something else. We don't have to keep we can rewrite the story. Essentially, we don't have to keep playing out that story that I'm unworthy. Like no one loves me. We go back and we turn that pain into wisdom and it frees one of those layers of the heaviness. Yeah. I think you said a lot of things in there that can, we can even unpack even more. And you know, the, the pause I love it's uh, every chapter in my book, I have a pause moment um, just to kind of reiterate the importance between that stimulus and response, how we really need to pause before we either react to something or respond to something. And, you know, the other important piece that I think you really brought up is that relationship between the shadow and the light, you know, shadow and light, they can't exist without each other. If you look at the yin and yang, it's within each other. And that balance is so important and normalizing the all the polarities of emotions like we're human so we're going to feel sad we're going to feel grief we're going to feel loss we're going to feel these things but it's when we get stuck in one that there's a challenge in experiencing the other polarity so really having these conversations to just normalize that you know for us when we're talking about hormones for women think they have to feel the exact same way throughout the entire month but well no after you ovulate you're, you're going to feel a little bit of loss you're going to feel some sadness you're going to feel this and it's okay it's okay to feel anxious before doing a big presentation or around life we don't have to medicate everything we don't have to ignore everything so i think it's great that you're bringing that awareness up in the energy body and also in 
the physical body too. So what I would like to do is to kind of transition this conversation into that those polarities like the yin and the yang, the masculine and feminine, and how you work with those two energies and how we can create a relationship with both within ourselves and then also with others around us so that we, we can just understand ourselves and others better. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things to point out um, is these there have been a lot of inversions on the planet where it's like, um, masculinize the feminine and soften the masculine. And we see that in a lot of the agenda. So I just want to point that out because I was full out in my masculine. <laughs> I mean, I worked in law enforcement mm-hmm. and it's, we can have healthy masculine and healthy feminine, but then I feel that when we enter into these kind of unhealthy things where we don't have that balance, that's when we can kind of run into some, you know, again, where we have, it just, it feels out of balance because it is. And then where we feel off and we're not in our fullest expression. So I'll give kind of a a little illustration of what I mean by that. So when I was in law enforcement, being in my masculine for, for me being in my masculine, that was the way I kept myself safe because being in my feminine wasn't safe since I was a childhood. That was my perception of it because the feminine is all about flow and intuition and playfulness. And that sexual energy is just very like, just, I mean, we can all feel that it just feels so nice and nurturing and vulnerable. And the masculine is, you know, more of that like action oriented energy and the safety and all that, all that kind of like, you know, healthy masculine also feels really good. But for me, I wasn't really in, I wasn't ever in my feminine and I was in that more masculine, that productivity that we kind of spoke of that, that just burnout because it was do, do, do. And then there wasn't that time for the pauses and the inner reflection and the checking in. And am I even being playful? Like there was a period of time where I didn't even take a day off for, I think it was like 16 days. I worked 16 days and I didn't even take a day off working like some 15 hour shifts and crazy stuff like that. And so I feel that sometimes as women, we, we do this because it's like, we're, not wanting to check in. Like we're not wanting to have that silent space because for me, when I'm by myself and when I'm in the silence, that's when the stuff comes up because it's like, excuse me. (laughs) But when we're in like that masculine, more action oriented mode, then, you know, we're just in kind of more production mode. Not that there's anything wrong with that because we do need, I feel like it, we do need both. And so it's finding that balance of, of even, because to me, the, the mask, and I love like the word inspired action. And so when we have those pauses and when we get those downloads of information, whether it be for and some, maybe it's like the next action step to take, but maybe we cut out like, you know, 10 steps by just pausing and listening. And to me, meditation is one of the ways I do that. And I've even used the word, I'm just listening. I'm listening for like what wants to come through from that higher expression. And we can set the intention to tune into our higher self and to get that information. And so, yeah, just to kind of tie it all together, it's just, again, this, this balancing of both and to maybe taking a little inventory. Am I just in straight work mode or am I in straight zero action mode? And why is that? You know, what, is there something that I don't want to look at? Is there something that maybe I'm avoiding a little bit? Is there, is there a way that this is serving me? Usually with our behavior, there's a way that it's serving us at a deeper level. And when we're willing to see the truth, 
And when we choose to see the truth, it'll always come up. It may not be in the way that we think it will, but it'll always show up. And so just getting into that healthy relationship with both. And there are people I'm not like, I haven't dedicated my life's work to this, but there are people that have literally dedicated their life's work to the inner reunification of the masculine and feminine polarities that like Eros Gamos union within, and then also that partnership without, because it's just, um, I mean, it's such a beautiful expression of, of that, of those polarities. And then we can experience those in partnership too, because, Again, going back to the feminine, I can speak from my perspective. There are so many of us women that have taken on the roles of men. And I feel that it just causes so many distortions. And I've even met some men that are like, I don't even know what to do because I got yelled at for opening the door. It's like, women, if we can just relax just a little bit and just, it's okay. Like, they're not telling us that we aren't like able and capable. It's, you know, but, but again, it goes to the conditioning. So just bringing some of those awarenesses. Like I'm all for women doing, you know, amazing, beautiful, accomplished things. But I, again, I think that it's intention is so powerful. So I always ask is like, what is the intention behind this thing that we're doing? And so if we can take it back and maybe even go like deeper when we say, oh, this is the intention. Like, can we go a little deeper on what that intention is? Then that can give us some foundational illustrations on like what, what is going on deeper. And then we can kind of work with those polarities and see maybe where, where, again, where am I not being playful? Where am I not taking action? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's important. And especially when we talked about identities and labels earlier, I think it's easy to like, you know, sit in the the gender of, of, of the physical form and really have an expectation. This is how we're supposed to show up. But there's, you know, people that show up in all sorts of different expressions of the actual energy of the masculine feminine. And some are going to be inherent traits of just, you know, who they tend to present themselves to the world. And then sometimes it's, it's the conditioning of like, well, like you mentioned, like I wasn't really allowed to express my femininity as at a young age. And I think appreciating like, there's a difference between gender and these masculine and feminine energies. And there may be some, you know, relationships where you've got a man and woman or man and man or woman and woman, and each of them are sort of like oriented into, you know, a, a stronger expression of masculine or a stronger expression of feminine. Uh, there's a great book um, by uh, Dr. David Data, or I don't know if he's a doctor, but David Data, he wrote the, the book called the way of the superior man. He really talks about these like blended you know, realities where we can, you know, sort of swing between these energies of masculine and feminine. And so, you know, I think of, I always think when, when you're speaking and when I think of these things, I think about rest- restoration. So like if we're spending so much time over here, well, how do we sort of just balance the equation? Not that we have to completely reorient a masculine, you know, framework or reference into a feminine one, but how do we just like nurture and balance this other side? You know, and I think of like a, a relationship that is like exercise over exercise, just go, 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 go. I got to hit this like trim body or whatever. I got to look a certain way and there's no focus on restore, restore. And there's no focus on like, how do you repair from those, those little mini injuries with the exercise? Same thing here. Like how do you repair from, or just balance the equation with just living in a certain frequency 
And I think it's, you know, so I love this conversation. I think beyond that to identifying when we are living in those frequencies, because when it becomes the normal yeah. um, or when it becomes an experience because of your external circumstances. So like expectation almost. Expectation. Yeah. And also like, you know, you have young kids, you're, you're a career woman, plus yeah. you have a household. It's like stepping into action keeps you sane or keeps you in that ability to do the work so that then you can bring in that balance um, and be able to kind of step into more softness by maybe bringing in some self-care, kind of just reiterating what both of you are saying is that how do we identify when we're overcompensating or when we're really stuck here, maybe because of a past trauma or maybe because that's just how we know how to operate in, in this world to feel some sense of control and safety and whatnot. So identifying and then creating those solutions that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I so love what you guys mentioned around the, like, is it conditioning, right? Like, I think that's a beautiful thing to illustrate. Like, are we talking about like societal conditioning? Are we talking about someone's truth? Because I hear a lot of times too, in the spiritual community and just in general, like all this black and white stuff. And I want to, you know, mm -hmm. preface everything I'm saying with, this is all just from the lens that I've experienced life. It's in my very humble opinion and the best I can come up with right now, like maybe in two years from now, I'll be like, Amanda, what were you even talking about but cool like <laughs> but it's we're all on our own unique journey and so there's no one size fits all and I feel like especially when it you know is coming from that beautiful heart-centered place it's like you know my journey is different from your journey and those of you listening it's like we can take what resonates and leave the rest because maybe there's something there for you maybe you got to go into burnout for a couple years and really meet the depths of that burnout in order for you to know it know it because I feel like there's a difference when we say stuff and then when we know it, know it on a cellular level. And so I just want to preface that because that's something that I learned um, through a lot of trial and error and lessons and really, you know, maybe even putting other teachers and mentors on a pedestal and not tuning into my own truth. And so it always comes back and feel to our own truth in any of these, because I've heard people say that there are females that don't, it, it's just feminine and masculine, and we don't have both polarities. Like I only have feminine. And I'm, to me, that doesn't sit right with me. So I think, again, it's just the, using our discernment. I feel like our discernment is so powerful. And then again, maybe even if we would consider it and, and I don't even think it's a, it's not a misstep, but maybe if we go down a different path and they're like, oh, wow, that was not what I expected that we can pivot and go a different direction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It creates more flexibility because I do think there's so many layers yeah. to this conversation. And I think, um, and again, I'm going to also speak from a lens of a woman there, it, there's confusion that was created through the feminist movement, which, you know, allowed us these opportunities to do things at the same level as men. And so I think there's a lot of guilt that women feel if they decide, oh, maybe I just want to stay home with the kids and I don't want a career. And now they may feel judged by other women and saying that we're stepping backwards into the fifties or whatever. So there there's confusion that shows up for, for all women. And I think if we just release that judgment on ourselves and each other, then we can do what you were just speaking to. We can kind of go down a path and see if that feels right for us and maybe a dozen, we can kind of backpedal and pivot to another path. And it's just, again, going back to like your own energies and where there might be some imbalance that needs some support. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I also think like in a world of um, never wanting to make a mistake and, and like in a world of like constantly trying to like make the mistake work, like, you know, we're seeing this even just with the current like pandemic that we're in, like we keep trying to do the same thing over and over again and expecting we're going to get different results. It's kind of like, well, 
let's, can we, can we admit when something's not working and then course correct? Like, let's have a little bit of grace for ourselves. And like, I screwed up. That just was not, that was not going in the way that we intended to go. I'm sorry for my, my role in this. Let's course correct. But I think like, because there's such an attachment to the identity that we spoke, spoke to earlier, right? Like I need to, to present myself this way. And if I don't, then I'll, people will lose trust in me. And so we externalize so much of our, of who we are, because we're not really spending that time to tap in because why can't we go through life and have a misstep in a conversation, which happens on a regular, regular basis with Sonia and I, why can't we screw up and then come back together? You know, and, and I think like, wow, wouldn't that be nice if we could own our mistakes, own the shadow, pay attention to the emotional upset that's there, you know, give yourself some grace in, in this experience, the challenge that we're in. Yeah. There's so much power in that too, because I think that's actually what people crave is like, cause it speaks to this connectedness and vulnerability where we're not just like, I don't know it all. Like if someone says, I know it all and I know how to, like, I don't even think we'd be here on this planet experiencing life in a human body if we knew it all. So we're all just doing the best we can and learning. But I think that at the end of the day, we have become even like disconnected as like a community. And it's like, if we could just be like, oh yeah, like that didn't work out as well as I thought it was. And I, I, I gave this information. Now I have this information. It's more accurate or, you know, whatever the thing is, it's like, again, with what you said, so, and it's just releasing the judgment for ourselves and others. It takes so much of the pressure off. Like it just feels like, you know, we're in a pressure cooker all these times. And it's like the saving face and the putting on again, I think it speaks to, I feel it, it speaks to these characters that we play, right. These archetypes we step into and these characters that we play, which I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but it's how we're choosing to show up. And is this, I always come back to, is this an alignment? Is this an alignment with my highest? Is this truth? And so if it isn't, then that's when we see like the, the chaos and the distortions and all the things that come up when it's something that isn't in alignment. Mm-hmm. And, and like to take it to the level of relationship, when, when we like, I'll use Sonia and I as an example, when I'm honest and like, I, I really screwed up here. Like I got that one wrong. She actually, she's willing to actually hear that. You know, as opposed to like constantly, you know, trying to buffer and trying to make myself look good. It, it's like she can smell a rat. It, there's no point in even trying to do that. Uh, actually, we had a conversation just yesterday where I, I said, Sonia, like you asked me something. There's a huge part of me, probably like 85% of me that wanted to lie to you and and not like just because I didn't want to feel the wrath of. of it had to do with our kids. <laughs> yeah, it had to do with the kids. <laughs> and uh and at least part of me, they just like, ah, like, does she really need to know? Like, could I say something different? And I'm sure you were, you were watching, she was watching me like go through the dialogue in my head. <laughs> and then ultimately I like obviously told her um, what was truth and or what I, what I shared with kids, which I shouldn't have. And, um, but it felt so much better. And maybe, maybe it just felt better to me. I don't know. I think it felt better to you. And also it probably felt better to you knowing that I was struggling and sharing the struggles but anyways the the end of the day like having that open communication really makes for like trust and a space for vulnerability Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so what are some tangible things you could give our listeners that they could start doing just in their daily life as they're like observing themselves or trying to kind of create that connection with their soul Um, what are just some things that they can start implementing Yeah, there's a couple, there's three components to the work I do. One is conscious creation, one is presence, and one is the energy healing work. So 
I would recommend um, really getting intentional and clear about what it is that you want to experience. How do you want to feel? Because the mind and the body don't know the difference when we go into them with this meditative state and when we're visualizing and feeling. And so something that you can do that actually feels really expansive, really good. And, and I ask you to do this from a place of, cause I, we could be like, Oh, what do you want? And someone says, Oh, I want a Porsche. Like I would ask you to, and urge you to go just a little deeper than that. Like, what is it that your soul that you truly deeply want to experience? Is it an intimate soulmate relationship? Is it connecting deeply with yourself? And then if you haven't ever met these parts of yourself before experiences, you can even just ask for, for help from your higher self, God source universe, whatever word you use and going into this, um, closing your eyes and just dropping into your heart and just really allowing yourself to feel what that would feel like. Because again, time is an illusion and we live in this quantum time-space reality to where we can really reach in and just say, this is what I want to experience and really cultivating that within. So it can show up in the external reality because we're always creating and manifesting. We're either doing that in a conscious state or an unconscious state. So we're always, always attracting, manifesting all that stuff. And so, and then I always say this is something more expansive because then that releases my need to try to control it. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe the universe has something more expansive for me than what I think, what my conscious mind thinks. That's why I always say drop into the heart. And so again, with, with this uh, dropping into the heart, and really taking your energy out of the mind, the analytical mind. And you can even do some, some heart-centered breathing just to really presence yourself in your body. Again, I'm, I love breath work and meditation. Those are some of my favorite things. So if you feel guided to maybe find even like a breath work class or doing it on your own, or you can like, I'm sure there's like podcasts and YouTube videos. If you want to do something that's just easy and at home, um, those are some beautiful things that you can do. And then again, just really, um, coming back to the self, I would say is like the, one of like the biggest things is really just when, when I'm working with people, it's like unraveling all the density. So you can just embody who you are and you never lost it. You can never lose it. So one of the things that kind of goes into this is kind of taking inventory of where your yeses are really a no. Um, our receiving channel, I believe gets mucked up when we have it filled with all these things where it's all the shoulds. So releasing the shoulds. Um, and that might be small things that might be places that you're eating. That might be, um, you know, the friends that you're hanging out with, it could be a relationship. It could be the big ticket items, the career, all the things, but even just a conscious awareness to these things is so powerful. Even I'm not, you know, suggesting that anyone go out and quit their job today, but a conscious awareness is okay. This doesn't feel like a 10 out of 10. This doesn't feel like my highest. So I'm aware of this. And now I can set the intention for some shifts and you can kind of move in that direction, but it's, it's when we're in these stagnant states and when we're showing up and we're waking up every day, we're on autopilot, maybe complaining about how much we don't like it, but yet we're showing up and it's groundhog's day every day. So those are the things that I'm mentioning here. So yeah, so those are some of the things that are easy, but again, anything too, I will suggest that you're doing, it's like, make it your own. So maybe you're learning some type of energy healing techniques or for so long, I tried to, I had I had this like perfectionist thing where I was like, oh, if I'm learning something, I have to do it exactly that way. At this point, all the energy healing work I do is 
literally a hodgepodge of everything I've learned. And it's kind of like my own thing. So you have your own unique, like soul essence, your own unique medicine, your own unique way that you sense things. And I had mentioned earlier too, if you feel kind of guided to maybe take a look at your human design, that can really be helpful because again, it comes back to really getting connected back to yourself first and what your truth is. And if you've been disconnected from yourself for 30, 40, 50 years, like don't, be gentle with yourself. Don't expect this to happen overnight. And again, there's no right or wrong way to do this journey at all. So you can't get it wrong. So that's at least the cool thing. (laughs) Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's such an important message of self-awareness, you know, and that's why I love like the human design or some of these astrology things, or even the face reading, like you mentioned, just Todd Todd Frisch and like, it's, it's an opportunity to really get to know yourself. And, And I think even people who've maybe never even tried an energy session, maybe the outcome uh, that you get is just an awareness of that subtle energy in the body and or deep relaxation, you know, or something, there was probably some sort of shift that was there that you're not yet conscious of. And then to your point, it's like, it's just time, you know, you can't expect to, I don't know, bench 300 pounds. Uh, and in the first try at the gym, you know, it's going to take process and, and, and knowing yourself and gradually like improving. And I think, you know, it's we're very quick to just throw things aside when we don't see like the, the, the magnificent, you know, awe-inspiring meditation, for example, or the breath work that takes you to the heavens or whatever it may be. But really maybe that first assessment is that self-awareness of like, Hey, I feel like a little bit more relaxed right now. And that's a win. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we always end the show with a more personal question around impact. And so what we would love to know um, is that if you knew, I know with time, you know, it doesn't exist in that linear fashion that we were speaking to, but if you knew that tomorrow was your last day in this human form on this earth, what kind of impact would you like to leave behind or what kind of message would you like humanity to really sink into mm. in remembrance of you? Yeah. Um, again, just speaking to this connection with your truth. And I would just say like that connection to your soul and your, your unique essence, your innate essence. And so I would just urge people to really drop into that. And to, for me, it's like, if I spent my whole life (laughs) really journeying to the truth of that, like I'm, I'm happy because it's like, at least I met myself on like the deepest level that I was able to at that time. And so I would just say that that is, again, my message of, of people and, and also like tying into the fact that you know what's best for you at that deep soul level. And so really just cultivating that strength and that trust in yourself and, and knowing that, you know, you can choose to work with practitioners and people to help you and enhance this journey from a place of, okay, like I really feel like inspired to do this, but again, it's like, it's just that journey of coming back home to self truly. Mm. Thank you. It's such an important message, Mm -hmm. especially in the world that we're in where, you know, every day you turn on the TV, there's something else crazy going on that you have to be scared of in your external world. Right. So coming back home to self is Mm -hmm. like, it's the message. It's the constant. It's the the anchor that will always be there for people to access. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So where can people find you? Uh, my Instagram, which is just, just my name, Amanda Monier, and then my website, Amanda Monier, is my name also. Yeah, Probably the two best places to find me. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Thank yeah. you so much, Amanda. It's been a just absolute pleasure pleasure talking about all these amazing concepts with you. And I really feel like you you strung the heart chords of people tuning in. 
And yeah, uh, yeah I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people sitting on their yoga mats tomorrow. Yeah, I hope yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> thank you both so much for having me. And thank you everyone for listening. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Health Ignited podcast. Be sure to download, subscribe, and share as we build this conscious community together. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and our website, drsjensen.com. Please note all information on this podcast is not and should not be taken as medical advice. Please see a healthcare professional to receive the care needed. Thank you for sharing this time with us, igniting your health freedom. And welcome to the tribe. 